Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. I've never seen anything like it. It may be the Russia other people grew up in, but not my America. FBI warrant, come to the door now! There's a heavy banging at my door. Open up! It's 15 marked units on my property. I got SWAT in the back of my house. It took a battering ram to my door. 6 a.m., I hear boom, boom, boom. And hear about six to eight military-style soldiers with the tallest one of them pointing an automatic rifle at my head. FBI, we have an arrest warrant! Shock you out of sleep, drag you out of your house half-clothed, refuse to give you a warrant, ransack your house. Now I'm facing 15 years in federal prison for doing nothing other than exercising my right to free speech. I had no reason to be attacked. I hope that you remember Matt's name and the role you played in killing him. How did we give the state this kind of power? 9-11 changed everything. We're going to expand the Bureau from law enforcement to domestic intelligence. Legal shackles are now off. It used to be Islamic terrorism. That threat has kind of dissipated. Our focus is shifting. They're moving to domestic extremism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. The demand for domestic terrorism vastly outstrips the supply. When candidate Trump came down the escalators, the government had a meltdown. We are going to drain the swamp. We'll see about that. You take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. Google literally rewrote their news algorithm based upon what Trump was doing so they could get this guy. You just take out the word Russiagate and you put in COVID origins. You take out COVID origins and you put in Hunter Biden's laptop. You take that out and you put in January 6th. It's the replicated play from the deep state and their partners in the media. They're not just deplatforming you. They are trying to throw people in prison. If they're coming for me, they're coming for you. Hands on your head! These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech! Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. Police State. Exclusively in theaters October 23rd and 25th. Tickets sold only on policestatefilm.net. America's police state is really here. Are you next? Welcome to Training Tuesday on the Rob Mana Show, Red Voice Media Network, where we bring you the facts and the truth. And we are unique in that we have an X-Space simulcast with a live audience where we take questions for myself and our guests. So welcome to the live audience to the show. Are you next? Am I next? We can be raided by the FBI simply for what we say now. American veterans have been killed in no-knock raids, not for their actions, but for their words and the fact that they are known to legally own firearms. 
The FBI and Department of Injustice are focusing on Trump supporters now as suspected domestic extremists instead of the known more than 60,000 illegals from countries of interest like Gaza, Yemen, Iraq, Turkey, Syria, Lebanon, and Iran. They're in our cities, towns, and communities. This is the real threat, but our institutions have been warped toward taking our freedom away instead of protecting it. That's right. The scary police state of America is here, and the question is, what will we do about it? The creator of police state is Dinesh D'Souza. We are pleased to have him as our guest today. Dinesh, welcome back to the Rob Manus Show, sir. It's been far too long. To be with you. Yeah, it's great to see you, my friend. Uh, uh, thank you for doing this movie, number one. And number two, I'm sorry that you have to do this movie. Is that the way you felt about it when you put this together, that, that this was, the time had come, we have to get this information to the American people? Yes, it represents a real shift in my own um, career. And, uh, you know, for the, I came to the United States in the late 1970s and as a teenager, and I was enthralled by the abundance of America, the opportunity, the upward mobility, and also these unalienable rights, as the founders put it. They're embedded in the Bill of Rights, the right to free speech, the right to conscience, right to assembly, to um, petition the government for grievances, uh, equal rights and equal justice under the law. And now I fast forward to today and I see that, wow, pretty much all of these rights are under siege. There's not a single one of them that I can say confidently is secure today. And that is what inspired the question, are we becoming, are we in the process of becoming a police state? Yeah, uh, so describe for me, from your perspective, a, a little bit more of the path to how we arrived at where we're at today. I mean, I'm, I'm like you, I've had to change my entire thinking based on my career uh, uh, of over 30 years working in the federal government as a U.S. military enlisted an officer. Uh, but so, but I even I have seen it firsthand, but I'm not quite sure how we got here and people like me didn't even notice until it was too late, really. Part of the problem is that the left, which was ironically enough the champion of free speech, for example, going back to the 1960s, think of groups like the ACLU, but it turned out that these people on the left did not believe in free speech per se. They believed in free speech for themselves. And the moment that they got it, and they were able to come to positions of power in the universities, they were perfectly happy to shut down the speech of other people, engage in massive indoctrination. So some of this has been brewing for a long time. But I think the turning point for the police state was definitely the aftermath of 9-11, when many people, myself included, said, all right, well, we need to give the government these enhanced powers of surveillance, uh, of tracking, we need to take down some of the distinctions between intelligence on the one hand and criminal prosecution on the other. And this is with the specific purpose of going after Islamic radicals who want to kill us. A little did we know that under Obama, a little bit later, these exact same, exact same powers would be mobilized by the government against political opponents, meaning against patriots, Republicans, conservatives, and Christians. And this started under Obama. I had my own case involving uh, kind of a technical campaign finance violation. 
but it's really escalated under Biden. I'm really amazed and a little staggered by how much the police state has advanced just in the last two years. Yeah, and I think we saw the the shift in in a high into high gear uh, after the January sixth uh, incident occurred uh, to really go after average Joe and Jane uh, that happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time exercising their rights. Didn't we? I agree. We have a kind of a, a remarkable section on January sixth with a lot of new angles and new information. Uh, but I think that the three landmark events here are 9-11, COVID, and January 6th. And each of them helped to advance the police state in some way. Think of COVID. It was the first time that essentially the government could tell you you can't go to church. So freedom of association, freedom of assembly, uh, freedom of conscience all came under assault uh, under the pretext of COVID. Now, you're right that after January 6th, there was an escalation <coughs> of censorship. Uh, they were like, we don't just have to censor health misinformation, we have to censor people who challenge the election, and then later that became we have to censor people who talk about abortion and climate change and the trans issue and so many other things. So this regime of censorship is the combined effect of both COVID and January 6th. So there have been different rationales and pretexts, but it's all pushing in the same direction, and that is toward uh, subtracting and taking away our basic uh, freedoms instead of protecting them, which is what we institute governments for, according to our founders in the Declaration of Independence, uh, when they wrote that, uh, to protect our own liberty is what the government is for, and it's not any longer doing that, Dinesh. The, uh, so the, one of the things that I saw during the COVID period uh, was a, a shift amongst the left side of the aisle, at least it was most apparent to me then as, as the beginning of it, to be pro-suppression of civil rights. You know, other than us requiring folks to have an ID to vote, that one they still uh, try to fight against uh, vehemently, but they are pro-government suppressing rights completely. And it seemed to, to me that the COVID uh, process really lent itself to enable them to be able to do that because it carries through to, to today as we speak. Any, anything in your, in your research in the documentary that, that highlights as to how that happened or why? Well, I mean, it happened because COVID um, created a, an environment in which the left was able to say, this is a little bit like war. In wartime, it is customary to have some suppressions of civil liberties that are not tolerated in peacetime. And uh, the other thing about COVID is that they relied on public trust of the people in the white coats. I mean, think about it, for decades, we have gone to the doctor, the doctor goes, hey, you need to take four tests. We never say, why, you know, what's the rationale? What do these tests cost? Explain to me what you know. We're like, okay, you're the doctor, you know better. I'll take this medication, I'll take this prescription. So this implicit trust in the medical industry was ruthlessly manipulated by the government and health authorities in a manner that I really would not have thought possible. It's exposed my own naivete about America. I thought there were certain institutions, the FBI, the health authorities, that would at least work hard to maintain impartiality. They might sometimes fall short, but that would be their goal. And the idea that these could just be weaponized arms of an emerging police state is deeply shocking. 
Uh, it shows how our police state, by the way, is in disguise. It's not like the old Soviet Union where if the Stalinist operatives came to catch you at the ra railway station, they would just grab you, no explanation given, beat you up over the head, and off you go. Our mm -hmm. police state pretends to be virtuous. You know, it's we're here yeah. to save democracy. We're here to uphold the rule of law. We are fighting for truth against misinformation and disinformation. We're we're affirming freedom. So I think that it's a um, little harder for the ordinary American to spot it. First of all, we haven't had that kind of experience in this country. When people think of police states here, they think of like a Stalin overcoat, you know, Hitler mustache. So yeah. our police state, which is coming in an American accent, is a little concealed from many people. And that's really why the film is so powerful. It, it kind of rips the veil and shows you the naked brutality of the police state. Yeah, it's, uh, but I like your take on that. It's something that's made, puzzled me all this time, these last three years, in that uh, a lot of folks can't see it because it's so cloaked and it uses our shared values of of uh, democratic republic, freedom, you know, uh, civil rights to cloak itself so that it's more difficult to see. Well, we've got a live audience over on our X spaces. Uh, Kat is our uh, host over there. Kat, do you have anybody with a hand up that has a question for Dinesh? Yeah, I know it's gonna be a shocker. I do and so does Thomas. Um, and I'll make mine really quick. Um, once upon a time, I remember when we were um, told to uh, trust the government with the Patriot Act, you know, we're gonna do the Patriot Act, trust us, we're gonna only do the right thing with it, and here we are, fast forward to now, they've, they're using the Patriot Act as a way to imprison J6, J6ers with no due process. And what I'm asking is, is now, fast forward to here, where we're looking at AI, and it's once again, it's another, it's another situation where it's like, well, trust us. We're, we're not gonna abuse artificial intelligence. What's your guys' feeling on that, because, I mean, I believe that we have to look at AI because we have to uh, um, uh, look at advancements. But here again, once we are in a position again of having to trust our government not to abuse artificial intelligence, well, how do you guys feel about that? Well, my, um, my, view, my view is that technology can be an instrument of great prosperity and liberation. It can also be a tool of uh, repression. Uh, Solzhenitsyn, in the opening pages of the Gulag Archipelago, describes about a woman who's at a train station, and a friend of hers says, get on the train and go, because you are on a list, they're coming to get you. And the woman goes, well, I can't go right now, I have to go back to my apartment and pack. And so she goes back to her apartment, sure enough, they're waiting for her there, she's arrested and never seen again. But then Solzhenitsyn remarks this, he says, if only she had gotten on the train, she could have disappeared in the vast mother Russia and they would never have found her. But now fast forward and you realize that that would not be true today. Today, because of technology, because of geo-tracking, because of your cell phone, there are so many ways that they can find you so easily. And artificial intelligence is just in the same category. Um, in other words, it gives us great powers for good, but at the same time, it is going to be a tool of the police state. They will use artificial intelligence uh, as a tool of repression if we let them. That's right, and uh, I completely agree. And I would just add that uh, it's up to us, uh, the civilians, to develop techniques to protect our own rights, freedoms, our private property, our private information. 
we have to do that because you can no longer rely on the government to do that. That's one of the hard lessons learned. Well, Dinesh, stay right there. I've got to do an ad read real quick, and then we, we'll be right back in 30 seconds. Well, listen up, folks. Bidenomics is not working. The U.S. dollar is losing value, and your hard-earned savings are at risk. You can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar and volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. That's 833-287-2465. Or visit protectfrombiden.com. Well, welcome back to The Rob Mana Show. We're talking with Dinesh D'Souza about his new movie, Police State. Dinesh, uh, one of the things I found interesting is the cast. You had a lot of help in this movie. Dan Bongino, Kyle Serafin, Steve Friend. I've had many of them on my show, Julie Kelly, uh, as people that have seen and researched and investigated this stuff firsthand and felt the and felt the touch of the finger of the government on themselves as they were trying to uh, to investigate these actions and bring them to the light of the public. Uh, what did you learn from them collectively uh, as to? Anything, any advice they could give to us as free citizens going forward as to how to get this government, A, back in the box, but B, uh, protect ourselves and protect the government itself from itself by, you know, reforming that government so this can't happen anymore. Yeah, we have two kinds of people in the movie. Uh, the first is um, whistleblowers, informants, people who understand the architecture of the police state. How is How did it start? How is it organized? Um, uh, who's running it? Who's in charge? And, and that's important because a lot of people don't get how this stuff really works. And it often works not so much by explicit conspiracy. In other words, the, the, the journalists who suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop didn't get on an early morning Zoom call that morning at 6 a.m. and they didn't all say, okay, wow, let's agree not to write about this. Amazingly, without doing that, they all came to that conclusion. And that's that's kind of a mystery that needs to be explored. Another mystery for me is, this is a question I pose to people like Kyle and like Steve Friend, is look, in the FBI, you could have some evil characters strategically placed in the organization, but you're gonna have a lot of ordinary guys who went in the FBI, they're law enforcement guys. Steve himself used to be a cop. And so how do you get somebody like that, a good guy basically, to do such evil things? To grab some 70-year-old grandmother and pull her hair and wrestle her to the ground, drag her down the stairs and into the street where her neighbors are gawking at her. I mean, how do you how do you achieve that? And I think explaining how that happens is part of the real power of this movie. It shows you again that a lot of it involves figuring out how to get good people to do very bad things. You define their job operationally. You don't they don't have to determine the ultimate guilt or innocence of this person. They don't have to figure out who she is or what she did. Basically, the FBI points and goes, there's a bad guy. You need to show up at 5.30 in the morning, and your job is simply to make an arrest. And we need to do shock and awe, because that's the way we do this kind of thing these days. Um, the other type of guy in the movie is ordinary people who are just going about their life, and bam, they come face to face with the police state. And this is very important to me, because I want to answer the guy who says, I'm not Donald Trump. I did not go into Capitol in January 6th. I pay my taxes, uh, and so I'm safe. I don't have to worry about anything. No one's going to come banging at my door. And I want to convince that guy you could not be more wrong. 
And so for this reason, I wanted to show not, although there's a considerable section on Trump in January 6th, I also wanted to show ordinary people who experience what Orwell calls the boot stamping on the human face. Yeah, I mean, the, even the so-called January 6th defendants, uh, many of them never went into the Capitol. Uh, some uh, were actually doing their jobs. Uh, John Strand, I've interviewed before, was was uh, working on a protection detail for Dr. Simone Gold. Uh, uh, you know, those kinds of things. So they weren't involved in any any violence or even any, in his case, even any speech. Uh, and he's in prison right now. Uh, Brandon Straka never went into the building. Uh, he used strong words. Uh, and yeah, they were inside the restricted area, but many of them had, had no idea there was even a restricted area because signs had all been taken down by the time they got up there. So you have a lot of people that are, have actually been sentenced and imprisoned uh, for simply speaking their mind. Uh, so average, the average citizen should be very concerned, shouldn't they? Yeah, the, the key to January 6th is to realize that the whole thing is based on a, on, a, on a false premise. And I think that we are very clear in the movie in pulling the false premise out. So what is the false premise? Here's the false premise. It is that the Trumpsters went into the Capitol because they wanted to stop an ongoing proceeding. And what was the ongoing proceeding? According to the official narrative, according to the January 6th committee, it is the certification of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Now, this is the false premise. Why? Because the proceeding that was actually going on when the Trumpsters entered the building was not certification. It was, in fact, the questioning of the election. Senator Cruz and a number of others were getting ready to challenge Arizona. Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, all the swing states. It was that process that actually came to a grinding halt and was in fact suspended. It was never done. They gave up on that project and then Joe Biden was certified. So think about it. The Trumpsters who went in the building had no motive at all to try to stop that process. In fact, they wanted the process to continue. That's why they came to DC. They wanted some effort to really look at what happened in the 2020 election. So I think that when you realize this, you, you begin to see the whole event differently because you realize, yeah, if there's anyone who had a motive to stop what was going on, namely the questioning of the election, it was Nancy Pelosi, it was Chuck Schumer, it was the Democrats, it was the left. So if you're wondering whether there was a motive to orchestrate January 6th, the answer is obviously yes. It paid huge dividends for the left and for the Democrats. Do you think that, uh, based on what you've learned from the movie, uh, that, uh, that the government uh, operatives that we now know from many different agencies, from the local to the district to the, uh, to the federal government, uh, uh, their operatives and agents were on the ground in very large numbers, from what we can tell, much larger than normal, according to Capitol Police Chief Sun's uh, interview with Tucker Carlson. Uh, but they deny it, they deny it, they deny it, not only that they were there continuously, uh, but that uh, they had anything to do with the instigation of what violence did occur. I mean, there were two basic po pockets of of rioting that occurred that resulted in windows getting broken and people going into the building. Uh, 
uh, but they weren't really in the big scheme of things. They weren't that large, uh, based on the contrasted with the size of the crowd and those kind of things. But the numbers of agents that we know about was large. Were they orchestrating it, or did they just happen to be there to try to stop something? Because it certainly doesn't look like they stopped anything. As a matter of fact, that resulted in one Air Force veteran dying. Uh, and several other people dying uh, that were there, and they were all Trump supporters. Well, first of all, it is very easy for a small number of people to move a crowd. In fact, sometimes when you see a crowd and three or four people start sprinting in one direction or just pointing, let's go here, let's go there, you notice that the crowd begins to move almost organically in that direction. So the idea of being able to get people into the Capitol is not that difficult. And there were some instigators who said, and Ray Epps is a good example of this, let's go into the Capitol. The Capitol is where our problems are. Now, what I found really striking is that in all the scenes that I've seen inside the Capitol, where you've got all these policemen milling around, in some cases, like chatting with these, uh, with these protesters inside and so on, I never once heard anyone say, this is a restricted building. You cannot be here. Leave immediately. You would think that if, if, if it is the case that these people were occupying this building, they were posing a threat, the first thing you would do is, is insist that everybody get out and get out now. Did you see a single occasion where any policeman said anything to that effect? No. So this alone is really strange. It's kind of like if you or I are in a museum, we see an area that's called restricted, but there are some paintings beyond it and there's a, there's a guard sitting right there, we start walking toward the paintings, you'd expect the guard to go, hey, guys, stop. You can't go past this rope. Uh, it's restricted. If the guard doesn't do that, then people are like, well, okay, I guess it's all right. Here's the guy in authority. He's not telling me not to, not to go ahead. So I think what's really interesting is uh, not, that the, not that the cops, sort of the undercover cops caused the event, but they knew that there was a tendency toward it they recognized the political opportunity. They egged it on. They didn't ask anyone to leave. They realized that it would be good to have people inside the Capitol, that then they could turn the narrative on them, make them the insurrectionists, and that's precisely what they did. That's exactly what they did. That's a great, uh, brilliant description of that. Uh, nobody's really ever put it together uh, quite like that, Dinesh. Well, let's take one more question from the audience before we let you go. I know we've got to let you go here at the half hour. Uh, go ahead uh, over there, Kat. I think uh, Thomas has got a hand up. Yeah, Thomas, go ahead. Thanks, Kat and Colonel. I appreciate the time. Uh, Mr. D'Souza, since 9-11, um, our country has developed three point three million veterans since 9-11 alone. Do you think that our government really understood that after after the global war on terrorism, we were going to have so many individuals who would actually start standing up and fighting for our rights? And Thomas, uh, if I understood your question uh, correctly, was uh, how uh, do you think the government expected all these millions of veterans that were created to be able to stand up for our rights? He's giving you a thumbs up, Colonel. Okay, uh, and I think we've got frozen. Dinesh, are you still with us? No, we've lost his screen there. Maybe we'll get him back. Uh, 
Uh, I will tell you what I think, uh, Thomas, and that is that uh, most veterans uh, come from families like mine. My dad recruited me. He was an enlisted man, uh, uh, especially since the all-volunteer force. And we continue uh, to serve uh, in that matter, but we are no longer serving because of what we've seen from the United States government. Dinesh, I don't know if you heard the question from the audience, but uh, it was, was the government expecting that the 3 million veterans that have been created since 9-11 would be willing to stand up and fight for everybody's rights? Because I think that's a lot of people have noticed that. You know, I, I don't know. I, I do think that the, um, the police state in this case is trying to penetrate uh, not just the police, uh, not just the FBI, uh, and by the way, people say, you know, Dinesh, you're making a film on the FBI. Well, the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, is 10 times bigger than the FBI. So it's the whole apparatus of the government. And then, of course, the, the kind of woke penetration of the military. Um, I don't know if they've been doing the same with veterans organizations also, but the effort is to, is to transform the military into a weapon of the police state. Uh, which is ultimately what all police states do, right? The Chinese military is part of the Chinese government, and it's used even against Chinese citizens. Uh, Hitler, of course, was perfectly happy to use the armed forces against the Germans domestically. And, and I think ultimately our police state will go in that direction also. Now, we're not a full-fledged police state. Quite honestly, if we were a full-fledged police state, I couldn't have made the movie. Um, right. You can't make a movie called Police State in a real police state. So we're moving in that direction. The movie comes out as a kind of warning. It's um, I liken myself to like an animal who sees a predator in the trees, and I'm turning to my fellow, you know, antelopes or wildebeests and saying, "Hey, guys, don't just graze peacefully, thinking you're safe. Um, there's danger here." And and there are going to be some Republicans who go, "No, Dinesh, it's just the wind. You're nothing to worry about here." Or maybe there's a predator, but it's not going to land on my back. So um, this is a case where we are. There's a certain kind of denialism, a willful blindness, particularly among Republicans. I mean, I literally will have people who say to me, and they're, they're being serious, well, Dinesh, we're back the blue. We can't really be against the FBI or against the police agencies of government. What's this business about a police state? I'm like, listen, a police state is inherently lawless. It abuses and exploits the law. Sometimes it uses the outward form of the law, but it is a naked brutality. So there's no inconsistency in saying I support the police when the police are following the law, and at the same time I oppose the police state, which is inherently lawless. Yeah, it's perfectly natural to support police officers that follow the law, but not support law enforcement that disobeys the law to the point where they feel like they're beyond the law and their actions show it. Well, Dinesh, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, is, is the movie uh, still going to be in theaters? Uh, I know it's uh, done some online premieres and those kind of things, but uh, tell us where folks can go see this movie. I've seen all of your movies in the theater. They're best watched in a movie theater with a fellow yeah, Americans, we, really. We bought out hundreds of theaters last week. We packed them. Uh, they were... Um, uh, full of people who loved the movie, lots of people singing the national anthem at the end, rave reviews for the movie, which I'm happy to see. And and this week, the movie goes into streaming. So it's now on multiple platforms. Uh, and the cool thing is, if you watch it in a place like Rumble, you can then connect it to your big screen TV. It's very easy to watch on your big screen TV, which is the next best thing to seeing it in a theater. We're also selling DVDs. 
So there's a one-stop shop to get all this, and that's the website, which is policestatefilm.net, policestatefilm.net. You know, interestingly, Amazon and Walmart are refusing to sell our DVDs, which is really crazy because there's not been a single fact check on this movie. There's no one claiming that anything in it is inaccurate in any respect. Uh, and so it's a little bit of an uphill battle with these kinds of films. Uh, but if you go to policestatefilm.net, you'll find two or three ways to stream. You'll find two or three ways to order a DVD. And this is a good, um, this is a good message to share. And the DVDs are actually good to stock up uh, for uh, Christmas presents. Well, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll encourage folks to actually call Walmart uh, and uh, let them know that they ought to be carrying that DVD. Have a great day, sir. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, folks, uh, that was Dinesh D'Souza. We'll be right back. We're going to go open mic Tuesday here in the next half hour right after this message. I'm Rob Manus, Red Voice Media Network, where we bring you the facts and the truth, whether you like it or not. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition My Pillow. The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow, Well, ladies and gentlemen, back, welcome back to the Rob Manus Show here on the Red Voice uh, Media Network. And uh, we are uh, working on getting some video to you, but uh, Dinesh uh, could only spend a half hour with us today and we appreciate his time and everything. So I wanna take it to the, uh, uh, to the audience. Uh, oh, it looks like we've got the clip fixed. Go ahead and run clip to Disco if you can. Do you believe that FBI agents should go to the home of a father in Philadelphia suburbs I'm not going to second guess the judgment of the career agents on the ground who made the determination. But your, your, your job is to second guess and look at, at what they're doing. Your job is to review what they do. Your job is to protect the American people from a tyrannical FBI storming the home of an American family. I, I could not disagree more with your description of the FBI as tyrannical. 
Uh, and you I don't think believe it's tyrannical that, that FBI agents were a part of storming a father's home in, the in suburban Philadelphia? Time the Mr. Chairman. Time of the gentleman's expired. Well, folks, that was uh, Representative Chip Roy of Texas quizzing FBI Director Chris Ray, and uh, Ray actually is in denial. Sometimes I think these people are whistling past the graveyard, uh, and I don't know whether it's intentional or not, uh, but it's way past time that the individuals leading these elements of the United States government or any government that are so arrogant that they think they're correct in everything, even when they're obviously limiting or destroying the individual rights of America's citizens, which is the absolute wrong purpose for any government at any level in this country, this republic, according to our Constitution and according to our Declaration of Independence. Uh, so let's go over to the uh, Spaces audience, folks. And uh, anybody got a hand up, Kat? Uh, let's talk about uh, people like Chris Ray, who either are continuously in denial or are obfuscating and trying to weasel out of responsibility. Yeah, I believe Doc's got a question for you. Go ahead, Doc. <clears throat> Originally, it was going to be on if Americans were actually able to digest the ideas that our founders gave us. Um, if it was, if we have the the education to really know what transcendentalism is or what um, life, liberty, and property actually mean, if we could actually take in Robert Payne or, or anybody like that. Um, the, but you're bringing up something that actually kind of hits it on the nose, and that's, that's what happened in the Senate hearings today with Mayorkas, and he was actually asked the same things and obfuscated off of every question that was given him and scoffed at the senators that were giving him oversight. And I think that's the biggest problem that we're seeing right now is this, this wall that's been put up by— uh, by people that are, are trying to fundamentally change the fabric of, of what our founders have set up. Yeah, and I think we see that change in motion. I, I, don't, I don't think they're trying. I think the change is actually in motion uh, and uh, is complete in places, incomplete in others, and they continue to push this wheel, Doc. Uh, uh, it, it, and they continue to believe, which is the baffling part to me, that they are going to be successful ultimately in getting the American people to acquiesce to this tyranny. And it really is tyranny. Uh, Ray is so off base by saying what the FBI has been doing is not tyrannical. Uh, I mean, they killed a disabled veteran that could barely walk a half a block to his church out in Utah not long ago. And then just a week or so later, killed another one in Tennessee uh, in a no-knock raid. Uh, but that's not the half of it. You know, they show up at, uh, at people's homes that have worked in government because they were in the Trump administration or people's home because they happened to be in Washington, D.C., and their phones got swept up in the mass dragnet uh, that was up there. Uh, believe me, more than just the people that have been put in prison and convicted uh, for January 6th, have been harassed by the FBI and the Department of Justice uh, since January 6th, 2021. Uh, for that event, even people that weren't there, there is a young man who's a Marine, former Marine out at, uh, in uh, California, I believe he is, who is also a police officer, uh, that has been put through the ringer just because of what he said. And he wasn't even out of California 
on January 6th. And that was the reason they were using for doing things like search warrants and those kinds of things. So yeah, I, you know, to get back to your other question, Doc, about uh, can the American people really understand uh, and uh, digest what the creators of the Declaration of Independence and the writers of the Constitution and the writers of the Federalist Papers uh, and the debaters in the states, if you go back, the, you know, the debates uh, uh, about the Constitution and ratification debates are all on record. They're not fantastic records, but the records are there. And you can get a sense of what they were talking about, what they were opposed to, what they were for, and those kind of things. Uh, the, the answer to that question, though, Doc, is that I can say that my son, who is 19, can do that because I taught him high school. I picked the curriculum. The curriculum every year had a class about America's founding, our founders, the, our independence, our government, how it's supposed to work, uh, and those kind of things. But honestly, I get the sense that public schools no longer teach that to an adequate level where our citizens, as they become adults, can really digest everything that goes into and, and did go into thing, documents like the Declaration of Independence. Your thoughts, Doc? I don't know if we lost him. He's still got a mic there. He might have had to step away. We have another question. Welcome to Open Mic Tuesday. I don't see one right now. I was trying to. I was trying to articulate one. Oh, about, I'm sorry. My, so I couldn't figure out how There's to work Doc. my mute button. <laughs> that happens to yeah, me sometimes, Doc. I'm sorry, Colonel. Yeah, I think that's the uh, the biggest rub for us is that. Um, our, our children aren't being educated on how to fight this police state. And yeah. to know that the reason that America has amendments that can't be removed from our constitution without great work and effort are because of tyranny that's happened in the past over and over and over. So like the, the first amendment's only there because the second amendment's there to protect it. Mm -hmm. And then they were put there in that specific order. And it's, it's, a, it's a duty of us to know that. And it's, right. it's a duty of the government to kind of fear it in the same way. And it's not to, so we can stand up and, and overthrow our government in, per se. It's so our government knows that they, they work at our leisure. Right, you're absolutely right. Uh, let's, let's show, uh, I'm gonna show another clip uh, and, and here it's, a, it's an example, a real life example of how the government goes after one of its own because they were in the wrong administration. Uh, and, uh, has lost its way as a public servant and is now just a tyrant. Go ahead and show clip three. Yesterday, a large group of armed federal agents wearing body armor with weapons raided Jeff Clark's home. They dragged him into the street in his pajamas. Now, what did Jeff Clark do wrong? Was he selling fentanyl? Was he human trafficking on the Mexican border? No, Jeff Clark did not commit any crime. What he did wrong was calling for an investigation into voter fraud. We are happy to have Jeff Clark join us now. He's a senior fellow with the Center for Renewing America. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. This is a, a, a almost, I mean, this is a Soviet account, really. So tell us what happened and why. It is, and good to be here, uh, Tucker. So yesterday at about just before 7 a.m., there was loud 
banging at uh, my door, insistent banging. So I just rushed down as fast as I could. I, you know, quickly figured out, you know, that there were agents there. I opened the door and asked for the courtesy to be able to put some pants on, uh, and was told, "No, you got to come outside." So uh, I came outside. They swept the house. Eventually, they let me go back inside and uh, put the pants on. But uh, then, you know, by my count, at one point, uh, you know, 12 agents and two uh, Fairfax County police officers. Uh, went into my house, uh, searched it for three and a half hours. They even brought along something, Tucker, I've never seen before uh, or heard of, a uh, electronic sniffing dog. And uh, they took all of the electronics from my house. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I don't blame the, the agents. I think, it, you know, what you're talking about in terms of weaponization is really about uh, who's pointing the agents and telling them what to do, Tucker. So, Peter. Well, that was uh, former assistant uh, attorney general Jeff Clark of the Trump administration. Do you know why they raided his home? Because he circulated a memo that was addressing what he thought was voter fraud in the 2020 election, circulated it around through DOJ to get his colleagues' uh, comments on it, which is a, a natural process in governments at all levels uh, when you're working with folks uh, that are uh, writing policy and doing investigations. So the FBI raided the man's home. Uh, and you'll recognize Jeff because there's a picture of him. One of them took a picture of him without his pants on outside. And of course, that went to the media uh, to try to smear him because, you know, the process is part of the punishment. Jackie, I see your hand. We've got to take a commercial break. We'll come to you right after the commercial break. I'm Rob Manus here on The Rob Manus Show, talking about the police state, the movie, and the facts. We'll be right back. Interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number two USA Gold. Yes, call now. 833-287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. Welcome back to The Rob Manus Show. Uh, we're talking about Dinesh D'Souza's new movie. 
uh, police state today, and Dinesh spent the first half hour of the show with us. Now we're discussing uh, that talk with our live audience on X Spaces. Uh, Jackie, I didn't get a chance to get to you before the break, so go ahead with your comment or question. Welcome back to the Rob Mayner Show. Hey, thank you, Colonel. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to get up here and uh, ask a question. But it's, it's, I just wanted to get the thoughts on it. I actually watched the Police State uh, movie, and it was really well done. I thought it was. But the optics of how the government was showing force to people and dragging them out, it was, it was purpose, purposely done to an extent that they felt like they needed to make examples out of people and show how people are disobeying the government. Mm. I, I was, I was kind of wondering how you felt about that, Colonel. Uh, well, I think that, uh, unfortunately, we live with, uh, especially at the federal level, a federal government that is intentionally, this is, this is uh, the part of the strategic objectives of how they're dealing with the January 6th people. They are intentionally uh, being as public as possible, uh, doing these perp walks. You heard that term in the movie. Uh, we want them shamed. You heard, you, you heard those phrases. Those are not made up narratives. They are in fact, actually what is happening. Uh, and it's, it's disappointing. It's, uh, uh, it's uh, despicable because the way the United States government was created, uh, it was created by men and women uh, that uh, believe in freedom and believe in the liberty of the individual and natural law. And all of that uh, applies to the individual's right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, life, liberty, and property. Uh, if you look at uh, John Locke's treatise, uh, and that is. The biggest disappointment to me as someone who has served in the United States military for over 30 years, so thinking I was protecting my country, which is those values, the government that's supposed to be protecting my liberty and, and my family's liberty and my property uh, in, in, a, in a country where I can live to be prosperous, to have private property, to be free from uh, intimidation. Uh, uh, of lawless individuals, whether they be in or out of the government, uh, that's not exactly what we have here now. We have a government that is intentionally shaming our citizens for, for offenses like trespassing. And that is unbelievable. Uh, but I think uh, from what I've seen of it, that the, the movie hits that right on the target where it should. And the American people, when they see it, they're probably going to be shocked. Yeah, thanks, Colonel. I appreciate that. Yeah, I just wanted to get your input on that. And the, the optics of it and how mm. they do people was extraordinary. So thanks, Colonel. Appreciate everybody. Thank you, Jackie. What else we got? While we're waiting for somebody with another question, let's go to clip four, Disco. More than 40 confidential sources have provided information to the FBI on the alleged criminal activities relating to the Biden crime family. With years of mounting evidence, this begs the question, was there even 
an FBI investigation or was it simply swept under the rug by FBI Director Christopher Wray and entrenched leftists inside the DOJ? Let's bring in our legal panel. Joining us now is attorney and Republican consultant Mahek Cook and trial attorney and host of the Barack Lurie Show, Barack Lurie. Welcome to you both. Mahek, I want to begin with you. How common is it that someone has 40, 40 sources coming out about their alleged corrupt activity? It's not very common. If you look at this, this is just another example of selective prosecution. I've worked at the U.S. Attorneys in this U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of Ohio, and generally, one witness with corroboration is enough. We have 40 independent sources that a senior senator in our Congress, Senator Chuck Grassley, has come forward with in terms of evidence. It's shocking to see that we are continuing to see weaponization of government, specifically the FBI and DOJ, and the American people are not really going to see the evidence against Joe Biden until the Democrat Party wants to get rid of him. We have the facts. We know that Hunter spoke to the big guy about business dealings. We know that Burisma paid over $7.3 million to the Biden family. We have evidence that prosecutors have been stopped by the DOJ. The American people deserve answers. We deserve transparency. We are tired of being lied to by the FBI and DOJ. And folks, that's an example, uh, another example of the police state and how the instruments of law enforcement are used to protect the politicians and insiders that are on their side of the policy uh, debate, as opposed to, and you saw how they treat, and what Jackie talked about, and I talked about in that last question before that clip, uh, how they treat regular American citizens that are not on their side, uh, AKA Trump supporters, uh, quite frankly. And I see uh, Kat's got a hand up. We got one more here. So Kat, go ahead. All right. Um, I, I want to say that um, it's kind of a comment more about like what's going on with Trump. Um, a lot of people are like, you know, this, this attack on Trump, this, this absolute mission to keep him off the ballot. Clearly, that's what it is. But I think that that whole thing that's going on with Trump, I've said this several times, I've tweeted about it or posted about it. I think it's a referendum to the American people by this government. This current administration is question us. Don't you dare question us. Stay in your lane, little people. Um, if you don't, you will you will feel our wrath. Because look at what they're doing to the J6ers. They're being held without due process. Uh, Trump is there going to the nth level that I've never seen in, in my whole lifetime, and I'm 58 years old. I've never seen political persecution like this on any level in America. Um, so I think it's a referendum against the American people. I think we're being told, stay in your lane. Don't you dare question us, because it too can happen to you. Oh, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, and, and what they're really saying is, look what we can do to you. Uh, uh, with like the treatment of the average people like in J6 and those kind of things. Uh, but look what we can really do to you. Even if you were the president of the United States, while you were president of the United States, we turned the tools of espionage on you, on your president that you were able to get elected that first time. And then we turned the tools of the entire government corporations that oppose that president and you, the policies that you voted for, we turned that entire apparatus against your election 
you believe that you have a right to vote, and that is true. You do have a right to vote, but apparently we are strong enough to use all of our power across the government and the population and the corporations to prevent your guy from being put back in office even if he wins. That's what this government is doing. They are intimidating, trying to intimidate you. They're making the judicial process the punishment for those that they can't convict. They are convicting the ones they can based on largely lies. And if you haven't seen Steve Baker at The Blaze and his productions about these lies, you need to keep an eye on it because it's coming out. They lied on the stand in the J6 trials. They're lying in Congress. They're lying in courts all across this land. The latest one is in Colorado, where they're trying to get Trump kicked off the ballot. And we're going to continue this discussion, and I'm going to continue to speak out against this government until we fix it or they put me in prison. Thank you all very much for joining me today, along with my guest, Dinesh D'Souza, for his, to review his movie, Police State. Go watch it. I think it's great. It's the right message. The American people need to hear it. Get your friends and family, no matter what political party or ideology they follow, to, to watch it because it's here. You just don't know it. Well, I'm Rob Manus here on the Red Voice Media Network. We bring you the facts and the truth. Sean Parnell's up next with Battleground. And tomorrow, Whistleblower Wednesday, a combat ranger, medic combat doctor. John Hughes has joined me to talk about his book and blow more of the whistle on this government and its hiding of the COVID disastrous effects. Tucker's still like. Biden and his cronies have lost over $3 trillion of America's retirement savings in 2022 alone. With inflation running rampant and the stock market crashing, do you have a plan to protect your wealth? Our friends at American Alternative Assets help you protect your retirement savings by rolling over your IRA or 401k into a gold IRA. Fact is, you can hold physical gold and silver in your retirement account while maintaining its tax-deferred status. Visit protectfrombiden.com today to get your free wealth protection guide. This guide will give you all the answers you need. American Alternative Assets is an A-plus and accredited member of the Better Business Bureau. Protect your savings now before it's too late. Visit protectfrombiden.com. Individual results may vary. There is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results.